0: Godboob, writer, journalist, proud
1: shit disturber. I'm Michael Cast, an artist, and I don't have as many lofty titles as Neil.
0: This is everything. Everything.
1: Religion. It did well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think the timing might have had a little bit to do with that.
1: I think so, and I think uh, the timing and... We were, we were respectfully disrespect... No, we were uh, respectfully irreverent. Respectfully sacrilegious? Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> like what you put. Uh, we were religious or sacrilegious or... Yeah, yeah. But today, and it's fitting, it's apropos because now I can say it. What you wanted to say last I, week. What I've been wanting to say for like a m- months is that we are recording this episode in the new home of uh, Arts North Digital Media Center and the new podcast studio for Arts North.
0: You can check it out, read about it. All we we have been the test. We've been recording here the whole time, but we've been the test of the equipment and the site and
1: we were yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm really happy and this week we're going to be talking about art and journalism.
0: Well, I I think the two are, are related. In in that both are a creative process. I mean, I Kathy Travers used to say, right? Call, call me her favorite fiction writer, and I don't write fiction. Well, I did write fiction for a time, but um, professionally, I I write nonfiction. But uh, any uh, any writer will tell you, writing fiction or writing nonfiction, there there still is a, a, a hearty dose of creativity involved in terms of, of choosing words and, and and just the creating looking at a blank page or a blank uh, screen on a on a laptop and you've got to start somewhere I, I,
1: who was it that said writing is easy all you have to do is stare at a blank page until little beads of blood form on your forehead.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who said it, but I agree with it. Uh,
1: you know, and, and I and I'm no writer. Like I, I'll never I'll never profess to be a writer, but I have to agree. Like when it comes to like, oh, I gotta write copy, for instance, for an ad or for something. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to do it for a living. I I can't even imagine. Uh, yeah. My <laughs> My
0: – someone dear in my life many years ago, um, he's dyslexic. That's why I hesitated. I don't want to out him. Um, it, it, a dyslexic friend of mine asked me, how do you do it? Because for him, what I do writing for a living is literally magic. Um, this is a guy who can fix anything, who can build Anything. Skills I certainly don't
1: have, and that to me is you know when people say, "Oh, I don't have a creative bone in my body," I'm like, I'm like, I can't knit that, I can't crochet that, I can't cook like that, I can't build that, I can't make a cupboard, I can't you know, so yeah, I, I believe the hu- I believe humans, in general, are are innately and in, like innately creative,
0: and and I would say that that is hardwired, evolutionary into our into our system. Uh, we weren't we weren't the biggest we weren't the strongest we weren't the fastest uh, c- critter on the land um, but we were the most creative
1: I was watching so there's a couple things um, but I was watching yesterday I was watching a documentary on the history of mankind so it was right from single cell organ even before them up to us and it talks about the how the brain you know yeah we we had to come down from the trees because that tree over there contains some fruit and i've got to go get it so we learned and we developed we weren't the fat we were not even close to the top of the food chain right? and we still aren't yeah we like to think you know we like to think our brains have gotten us but i mean all you have to do is go swimming in off australia to find out that we are not the top of the food chain or wander around in a swamp in California, or florida
0: exactly but see how we wander off topics so easily
1: you know my my son my stepson the this he said he said yeah you know what i've watched your your podcast has developed to where you are uh, you guys don't have to bring it back as much <laughs> He we, says the first few podcasts you like were all over the place, and then he said Neo is really good at bringing it back on topic. I'm like, fuck Neil, I, I got, <laughs> fuck that guy. Jesus, oh, there goes my ego. So yeah, uh, art and and journalism. And when, and,
0: and you, but you're the artist here. You're the visual artist here. Yeah, and and so um, let me ask you, when when that blank canvas. When the 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 paint and the brushes are there, where does it start? Where does the magic come from?
1: <laughs> I, I was at a I was at a show. You, they used to have artists art in the park, and it was a fundraiser for uh, MS. Young fellows, mom had MS, and he, so we'd go. Uh, we'd sell the sell our art in the park, and and. Uh, and I had this this piece on the there was some heads in the mountains and it was very trippy, very psychedelic, and and a guy looked at me and he looked at that, he looked at me and he looked and he goes, Yeah, I can see, yeah. I'm like, no, 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 nothing I said, I'm I was I was not under the influence. he goes, Well, how did you come up with that then? And I said, uh, I hate to like be a downer man, but I was just like laying on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> right? And and so for me, I, I I don't know about other artists, but for me, it's just an idea that it could it could come from going for a walk. It could come from, a lot of mine come from music, right? I suddenly, and I mentioned this, I think, uh, when we did, yeah, uh, when we spoke to spirituality, Carlos Santana, like I listened to his music and for whatever reason, and Joe Satriani, for whatever reason, um, and two different, Types of music but it just sparks something like I, I suddenly get an idea and I go from there and generally what happens is it's never what my concept turns out to be
0: I, I, I love talking to artists I, I when when I first got into journalism I wanted to I wanted to be an arts journalist i I, I went to journalism school hoping that maybe I could get a gig at Rolling Stone talking to musicians nah, and, be- and 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 but not just musicians I, I was interested in in all sorts of art I was I was interested in visual art I covered the arts extensively for uh, my university newspaper I covered dance companies, poets, uh, visual artists, of course, just the whole gamut, because I've always been very interested in the creative process, in the inspirations, and in that, just what you said about that, the, the, the arrival point is never where you think you're headed. It, 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 so, so as the artist, you are surprised you surprise yourself with where you end
1: up, good or bad I mean I could look at a I could look at a piece when I get to the end of it or when i or when I'm going through the process and I'm like man that's shit and i'll and i'll 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 paint over it or I'll delete it depending on what what I'm working on like I'm working on some digital stuff now, and I'm like i cannot get this I can't get the idea. Properly, like I can see it in my mind's eye, um, but I can't. I can't get this specific look that I want. Driving me nuts. It's driving me crazy. Driving me crazy.
0: See, and that's where the, the, that's the separation point for me between art and journalism. Is the artists have the freedom to let the the vision, let the story move them in surprising directions where, where journalists are more bound to, right, here's the facts as we know them, here's what my sources are telling me, here's what these documents are telling me, whatever it is, and, and, and being very respectful to um, uh, an old-fashioned notion that has been challenged uh, over recent years and decades in, in that being respectful to this very traditional idea of the truth um and, and
1: how, hold on hold on i guess <laughs> to like how did how did the truth become a traditional idea i mean it's the truth is the truth there's right i mean like
0: how, yeah but that that that's that's actually in terms of modern even just philosophy and just modern thinking is is a bit of a traditional old-fashioned idea because there's truth as I've been yabbering on the last couple episodes about science and Einstein and everything being relative. Turns out even the truth is relative. Right? It depends on where you're standing, right?
1: Okay, yeah, that's what I was just getting. that's all a perspective, right? Like our perception. I mean, t- my truth is different than your truth. But the truth is the truth. The facts bear out the truth. Yes, I mean
0: because at at some point is that is yes? That
1: the, is that, did I say that right? I think so. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> what I was just going to say was that the, the the there is an objective reality that that we should all be able to agree on, generally. Uh, but then then there are perspectives, and and that's where I, I think sometimes we get hung up is the difference between truth and perspectives, and so so certainly for. This is one that's certainly top of mind uh, in Canada is, is somehow that Indigenous history is, is a different kind of history. Well, it is, but there is a lot of truth that we then need to fold into a respectful way into what is Canadian history, what, what is our shared history. And, and this is where a lot of a lot of folks, especially white folks of a certain age, well, I didn't learn that in my textbook. Therefore, you know, it's it's not it's either not true or it's well, that's a side thing. And, well, no, it's not a side thing. Um, and so, yeah, so so I, I'm just giving that as as an example. But but yeah, I, I, so so we we still operate with this very objective truth. But of course, artists. You've always lived in the world of perspective, and 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 independent individual vision. Or, I guess, if there's art that's a collaborative form, right? Everybody's kind of working together, whether playing music or writing a screenplay or whatever it is, right? There, it can be a group effort.
1: I mean, I've, I've always said that artists uh, artists make people uncomfortable because they do tell the truth. Like I, we tell the truth. Uh, and we tell, I, and and I always say about young people, they're going to be telling the story of our of our society, of our. Uh, I hate to use, the t- I don't want to use the word culture because culture. If I use the word culture, I mean all encompassing culture. All all of us as a whole it doesn't matter. What your pronoun is what you identify is what you're your a capital C culture everybody, to include all the cultures everybody. yeah yeah um, and young people will be telling the story of our you know you know of us all in our, in our society I guess we'll call it
0: I, I, I like to also make people uncomfortable Telling the truth. Oh, there's been times when I've read your
1: tutorials. <laughs> I'm going, what an asshole! <laughs> I, but,
0: but, but, but for me, and and certainly the the, the journalist, the vast majority of, of journalists that I've both worked with, but also competed against, um, is is we do it by beating people over the head with facts. Is is we try and use that present presentation of facts and accepted knowledge. Um, right, using documents, using what people are telling us to tell a story. That's—I I, mean—the fact that journalists call that, whether you're TV, radio, whatever, online, you call you call what you're writing a story. Right? We use the same language that Stephen King uses.
1: Yeah, a story. A story. Um, a story. Oh, I. Oh, what was I going to say? It doesn't. I was listening to Jim Jeffries. You know the comedian Jim Jeffries, the Australian? And and he said, I would never be an actor, right? And Al Pacino said to him, you tell stories. (laughs) You tell stories. And I think uh, people that can tell stories, whether it be fact-based or fiction Oh, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but uh, yeah, I'm, I lost it. I lost it. Yeah, it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> it, 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 let, let me jump in because actually a, a, a comedy, and particularly a stand-up comedy, is a good one because th- th- there are a number of stand-up comics that get very frustrated when people come and talk to them afterwards and the comedians put it, No, no, what, what you saw on stage was my performance. That's not who I am. Mm-hmm. That, 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 would, that would be like saying that you know, the, the, the personal sounding lyrics of a Bob Dylan song or a David Bowie song, well, that's who they are. That's not who they are. That's a character. B- B- Bowie made that explicit, that it's a character.
1: But it had to have some, I mean, it was social commentary. 100%. One hundred percent from his
0: character, but 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 often it's creating characters and it's creating narratives to then be able to make that statement as opposed to this is this is Bob Dylan speaking. No, that that that's that's the magic of 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 art, whether whether it's music or 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 comedy, and of course a lot of social commentary and comedy, but. Again, com- comics get very upset when—many comics get very upset when you, you try and project that that will—that's that's who you are. No, that's my, that's my performance. Uh, of course, some of it, a lot of it, depending on the comic, is based in reality. And, and this is where I, I, I used to actually get put out when people used to ask me about my editorials and my columns. Well, is that what you really think? That's what I really think that, that th- I, 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 don't write things. I don't believe, um, I, I sometimes push the envelope, uh, a little bit in, in that I, I might say it a little strong, more strongly. I might hold a stronger opinion to encourage conversation, but I'm always within the ballpark.
1: Okay. There's the phrase encourage conversation and i think as as journalists i I always keep i have the word photojournal i always wanted to be a photojournalist actually
0: well (laughs) photojournalism is a great example at some point you have to point at something and press the shutter you are literally framing reality that's what i do but with words
1: but then you look at this let's look at The riots in Vancouver after the Stanley Cup, and there's that famous picture of the of the guy and the gal laying in the middle of the street. Anybody, you can look at that, and you can you can that story in anybody's head would be different than what I or what the facts bear.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent, and it's that that's. As a photographer yourself, I know you have photo gear, so I know you dabble in it. Is that photography is also the act of freezing time, which is also a very unnatural act photography gives
1: us a glimpse into reality that simply doesn't exist stealing somebody's soul is what 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 i was somebody said they would not let me photograph them they said and then and this goes back to a a, a, i think it's a call it was a cultural thing for this person there's no you're stealing my soul so we are stealing time we're stealing a bit of time
0: we're we're freezing time which which is of course technically technically impossible uh, unless again you're talking to some theoretical physicist who says what all time exists (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) never mind never mind that we've 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 already been there and done that but but uh, photography I, i i think is is actually an and I include photojournalism in that, is that it is really about capturing moments that are invisible to our naked eye because we, our, our brain can't freeze time. We, I, I, but photography can.
1: And our brains are notoriously in, in uh, lie. They lie. They lie to us. So eyewitnesses, I mean it's been it's it's been yep. documented that you cannot trust an eyewitness any any longer. I mean I mean it would be nice to have an eyewitness to a crime but uh but our brains play tricks on us
0: 100%. So speaking of, of brains playing tricks, as an artist is there is there an element of a trickster to your to what you do in that are you trying to trick the viewer with technique with color with framing to see things the way you
1: want them to see them that's a good question um, I may be doing it subconsciously uh, there are some pieces where I set out to 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 send a message for sure right um I have a show coming up in April. Oh, it is April. <laughs> or maybe may. Okay, you might push that push that aside. Where I, ha- I I do make commentary. Right? And it and it's and it and and people will see it. And then there's some where it's like, Oh, this is pretty cool. I wonder how people will perceive it. You know. And then and then people see things in some of my work and my abstract work that I had no idea was there.
0: Right? I I my favorite kind of art has and when I say art, I mean capital A and that I mean this in terms of film, visual art, everything. is, is I love I love the trick. I, I, I love the artists that play with my head
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and lead me down a path and then pull the path away. Um, or or trick me into believing one thing, and then you know, ta-da! Oh, I'm somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and it doesn't have to be a, a spectacular, uh, you know, sleight of hand. Uh, the the voice of fire, the the painting that uh, the National Gallery bought in the 80s, and there was a huge uproar because they spent five million dollars on on. Uh, an American abstract painting. And of course, the painting is uh, three lines of color. Mm-hmm. Um, so so basically two, and it's a huge painting. It's, I think it's about eight feet tall by about uh, three and a half feet wide or four feet wide. It's a massive painting. Um, and it's basically two navy blue strips with a bright strip of orange in the middle. That's it. Mm-hmm. I could paint that anybody could paint that. Why are we spending 5 million dollars on it? It was only when I saw it in person at the National Gallery in Ottawa that I realized what a brilliant painting it was because and and the the name is suggestive, Voice of Fire, because when you get within about anywhere from about 3 to 5 feet from the painting, it shimmers. It 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 literally plays tricks on your eyes because the 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 colors are so um deep so bright vibrant and then the contrast of the edge of the bright orange with the edges of that deep deep midnight blue they contrast each other so much that the eye can't can't hold the line solid and so it starts to shimmer starts
1: to shimmer and close your eyes after looking at that and and see what you see you would see the painting and re- yeah so so i you know when i first saw that painting i thought oh good god yeah. right why did they you know spend that but i understand it now and you know lisa and i were talking about earlier today we were talking about uh, the group of 7 and she hated the group of 7 until she saw them their work at the national gallery and I love the, I love Lauren Harris, the simplicity, just the, it just, um, so I get that and I would, you know, and I want to see people experience those things before they, I mean, people can have whatever opinion they want, I don't really care, but, but I would, I would, I would uh, encourage people to experience the artwork before they form an opinion.
0: Right. And, and experience it the way the artist wants you to see it, as opposed to seeing a, a, a picture online or.
1: It doesn't do it justice. On, on your phone. It
0: absolutely doesn't no. No. do it justice. And, and, and you're not also giving the artist, frankly, the respect uh, uh, they deserve. In many ways, I, I, when, when I stream music, I'm, I'm very cognizant of the fact that I am not listening to the music. The way the artists want me to listen to the music is that mm-hmm. they would actually prefer I would listen to it on a decent sound system, not through earbuds. Mm-hmm. Um, streaming it through earbuds, they would rather I listen to it on a decent sound system from a CD.
1: From a CD or an LP?
0: No, no because it's all recorded digitally now. So so, I think I think most artists, most artists, I, I'm sure there are some that love the the warmth and all of that stuff, ex- except that digitally, even the warmth of an analog recording can be recreated.
1: I could do that. I could do that with our podcast. You know, I'm like with a few clicks of the mouse.
0: <laughs> my, my, my point exactly. Yeah. I, and, and there are a number of artists that routinely do that. Right. Is that, but my point is, is that so so when I hear artists talking about, especially musicians talking about uh, the the effort they put in to create it, and I realize that I'm doing them a horrible injustice when I go for a walk and I'm, you know, I'm streaming the music through my phone to my, you know, but earbuds it, but, right.
1: it, but it but it it invokes a a, a feeling yes it, regardless of what you listen to i know for me like i just started to have i go try and go for a walk every day and i just started before i would walk i would do my walk and i thought oh you know i can um, i can listen to music i'm gonna listen to music and i listen through to through earbuds and i know it doesn't sound as good as it could but it certainly enhances my walk like i'm smiling i'm looking around more i'm i'm the music is 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 uh, yeah. It's a it gives me a feeling depending on whatever. One of the greatest songs to walk to. Take a walk on the wild side <laughs> I, and and listen. Did you know there's violins in that song? I never knew that until I was listening to it in earbuds and just taking a walk. But I was, I was listening, like I was engaged, even though, yes, I maybe not listen to it the way they had intended, but it engaged me in a way that I'm like, wow, I never knew that, like, Lou Reed and violins just, hmm.
0: So, but but, but that's, that's a wonderful part of art is that, again, whether it's painting, music, whatever, or, or, or your favorite novel or, or short story or whatever it is, is that you can revisit it and find something new.
1: So when you when you're sitting down to write um, a fact-based piece, not an opinion or editorial, but say for instance um, what's happening here in the city, okay, our wonderful uh, um, drama that's unfolding in City Hall, okay, do do you try and find ways to take the facts? and make them more palpable or more interesting or?
0: It, it, it's not so much, uh,
1: palatable is
0: actually a, an interesting choice of words because uh, particular with something like what's going on at, currently in Prince George City Hall, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. And so palatable in terms of making it understandable, of trying to line up the pieces and present the puzzle pieces in a way that um, makes sense, but also recognizing that we have some puzzle pieces, but we don't have all the pieces. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're trying to connect these things in such a way to point to something, except that we actually, because we don't have all the information— um and and certainly there's one key individual that uh, uh, isn't speaking to the information we've we've made public and that's problematic because we would like that person's perspective. Um, so then right, that creates a problem because then it's well, do we publish what we have knowing it's an incomplete story? Well, it's always an incomplete story. Knowlton Nash called it history on the run. What journalists do is that, by its very nature, it's incomplete. And, and, and so this is where I, I, I laugh when people criticize. Well, you don't have the whole story. Yeah, no kidding.
1: We never will. We
0: never will. Uh, we're just telling the best story we can with, with the facts and information we have at this moment. So it's like photography. We're freezing a moment, um, but with words, mm-hmm. um, to, to tell a story. And, yes, we don't have all of the surrounding context. We just have what's in the
1: frame. Do you think that um, – so when people – like like, I want to get into fake news a little bit. I know because your, your tweet today was uh, interesting about the – was it Kamloops? The oh. fake news, right? Yeah. Like,
0: Yes, yeah, someone vandalized a, a CBC CBC radio me, car.
1: Fake news. That 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 really bothers me. Where, um, but then again, I mean, it goes back to perception, right? That's the person's perception of of reality. Yeah, and and the, the, what what
0: always, what saddens me about that so much is just that that, that it's uh, what's the old saying? Of, don't shoot the piano player, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't shoot the messenger. Yeah um and, and so so what in in many ways just because uh, you know, as you said about artists making people uncomfortable um why why be mad at the artist why be mad at the journalist for that depiction of the world um now of course it's tough with news because news has has a has a weight has a cachet mm-hmm. that that this this is accurate um, we 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 own our mistakes. We let people know when we've made mistakes. We run corrections. We do all of those things. To um, and, and of course certainly, it's deeply embarrassing when when we get it wrong or or we have key facts that were just incorrectly reported. Uh, that's that's really embarrassing uh, and and. I know I take it very personally, and, and so do others. That, that this is where, uh, and again, I, I think I'm tapping into some of that artist stuff, is that like artists, as, as journalists, we feel that we're, that we're on a tightrope, that we're on a high wire, and everyone's watching. And, and, and there's this don't slip uh, mentality. And, and, and I know that, I mean, do you feel that way, that once you're done a, done a work, and as you said, you're having a show. And now it's out there. It's not, it doesn't belong to you anymore. It's everybody can look at it and have their opinions and see what they're going to see. And now, you know, do you feel at that point, you're like, oh, that work isn't as good as I thought it was, or it's not having the effect I hoped, or. Hmm. What, what, what how, how do you view work?
1: Oh, Once I, it's become public. Well, you know, the, Lynette LaFontaine and and I, uh, we were artists in residence here in at the Committee Arts Council, and we put we had put paintings up on the wall um, specifically to to teach ourselves and to learn about letting go, because I would make marks, I would paint on it, and I would go away maybe for a day or two, and I would come back, and whatever I had done was maybe painted over or it was changed or it was enhanced or it was just gone and I was like at first I was like you know uh but it taught me that once so once I put a piece out it's done it's like if people like it okay great if it if it if it conveyed the message that I wanted to convey great if it didn't uh you know so when you say the tightrope I'm like I I can't I guess when I was younger, I got I under I, I understood that where I was when I was when I had a thinner skin, and I was worried about what people thought about any particular work. Uh, now I, I'm surprised because say I had a show here, oh, pre COVID, um, and somebody bought the the one piece that I thought would not sell. The one piece I thought that is never gonna sell. Yeah, I don't know. I just put it up there anyways. I didn't care because I really liked it. I liked it, and I didn't care what anybody else thought about it. But it sold. It was the only piece that sold in that show. And I was like, wow. So was, I get surprises like that. But when people um, – re- I'm reminded of an artist when I was working in Saskatchewan, at Kenderdine Campus, um, Emma Lake Art uh camp and I went to talk to an artist and I said oh I said do you know what I see in that and she looked at me and she looked like like intensely and she goes I don't give a fuck what you think I don't give a fuck what I, you don't, see. I don't
0: believe that I don't no. believe that
1: and I don't know if that was her and it's not that I don't give it's not that I don't care it's just that it doesn't it doesn't impact me the same way as it did years ago I'm like great. I'm glad you see that. Is that something you want to talk about? You know, and if not, great. If you don't like it, great. I,
0: a- I, and the reason I don't believe artists say, "Oh, I don't give a fuck what you think," is is the, the reason I don't believe that is by their very nature, an artist has pride in their work, and and also there is there is ego involved for an artist, right? I. I have a vision, and my vision is worthy of broadcast, is worthy of display and sharing and viewing whether it's in a gallery, on a theater stage, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's both ego and pride. So to say,, oh, I don't give a fuck what you think? I'm just doing it for myself, No, you're not.
1: You know what? I, I, I'm gonna take I take issue with that. I do for me, I like to show the art for sure. Um, as a commercial endeavor, I do commercial art. I do. And I sell it, and I make some money, and I'm quite happy doing it. If people want to buy it, great. If they don't, uh, whatever. But my biggest fear in life is to get, and uh, as I point to my head, to get what I have in here. If I couldn't get that out any longer, I, huge fear. That's my biggest fear. It's not so much that people would Accept what I'm putting out there, but not being able to get it out, be, have it stuck in my head all the time, and not it's the get process
0: it. of release. And
1: so, so for me, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't really, to be honest with you. I mean, it's nice if people like it. it it's nice, and, and and it feels good, but but vanity and ego is. Pride cometh before the fall. <laughs> a, sec- a,
0: a second time I'm going to mention David Bowie uh, in, in, in this podcast. David Bowie was once interviewed at the height of his career. And, and the interviewer was talking about how people were criticizing, you know, for his way of dress and, and, and just the, some of the weird things he was doing. And, you know, basically the interviewer was saying, you know, are you okay with people calling you weird? and strange and different. And Bowie's response was, I, I thought so perfect and, and I thought so real and honest. He said, of course, those comments hurt. He said, I'm, I'm, extreme, I'm extremely sensitive as a person. That's what makes me a good artist. And he said, but my need to be an artist overrides my sensitivity. Is that of course the criticism hurts. But I have to, I have a vision and I want to share it so desperately that I push the sensitivity aside. But am I hurt? Absolutely.
1: Oh, I never, I've never, why? I don't know. Maybe I'm an unfeeling bastard. I don't know. <laughs> well, but, I, but I get the part about that need. Like there, it's driven and probably the same with you. When you have a story, that need to to explain that to 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 give that to people to say here it is look at this this is what's going on here are the facts presenting them in a way that makes the reader want to read more so you understand that that feeling of i have something here and i have to do it
0: what what in the same way that 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 artists Want to change the world.
1: Oh, fuck. I don't want to change. I don't care. Like, I don't want to change the world.
0: <laughs> well, you're that kind of artist then. <laughs>
1: I'm, like, I'm like one of the artists that I totally despise, Damien Hirst. I cannot. Sometimes a shark in a is just a shark cut in half, right? I, I, I don't get it. You know, and maybe, maybe I'm being judgmental. And yes, art is, is, is um... what's the word, Neil? Wordsmith? Are subjective yes. artists subjective? One, I may, think, I may think Jeff Koons and Damien Hirst are shit. But well, then people look at Pollock, and I love Jackson Pollock, and they're like, it's just paint thrown on the floor. Yeah, uh,
0: right. but of course there's a method to the madness, right? But you asked me about fake news. Now I'm going to ask you about fake art.
1: Oh, I've, I've, uh, what is fake art? Well, I, I, is
0: is it... Re- is a is a faithful recreation of a master. Is it a master?
1: Oh, so you mean oh. The,
0: so what about fakes? There's a wh- there's wh- a good
1: wh- show. There's a good show on Netflix, and it was I think I told you about it. And it was the one of the musicians from Bare Naked Ladies who had bought uh, a work of art from a Toronto artist. And the title of the uh, documentary is called "There Are No Fakes." So in the art world, the art world, you know that world, people don't want to see any fakes because because it brings their galleries into dis, uh, disrepute. It brings, you know, buyers, the people that spent millions of dollars on artwork, are like are like they don't want to know if there's any fakes, right? So a faithful reproduction or a, or a, um, no, I don't. <clears throat> is it art? It's a good painting. I, I, so, it's so, technically it's, it's good. It's is there a same? These are the same emotion. Involved from with the original, I doubt it. Do do you remember that controversy that happened?
0: And this is this is going back about fifteen years or so ago. And actually, it was made into a documentary uh, about that. There was this young girl in the states that was like this incredibly gifted artist, and her
1: oh yeah yeah, went
0: totally (laughs) viral. And now her work's (laughs) selling for thousands of dollars, and galleries are booking her work. And then it turns out that dad is kind of has his finger on the scale and and where she's starting paintings and dad is finishing mm-hmm, them mm-hmm. type of thing and and if, uh, so of course when the film crews come around they show her doing her thing and of course they don't show dad up late at night finishing the work is that is that art sure
1: sure it is why not why wouldn't it be it's it's their art it's not her art it's their art it's just like um um ai artificial intelligence they have robots I don't believe that's art I think that is a robot making a picture I think art is created by sentient beings
0: okay so now I'm just gonna ask the obvious uh, uh, Philip K dick Blade Runner Here we uh, you go. know do Androids dream of a, a electric sheep uh, I, if 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 AI was sentient is therefore now it
1: becomes art I don't get that I guess then it wouldn't be artificial. It would be intelligence, right? I don't, I don't, I don't, I guess uh, in the traditional way, I think it's created by, I want to say humans. What I'm getting at. There has to be feeling and passion, uh, joy or anger, or there has to be an emotion that drives that work of art. That to me, that that makes it.
0: I want to art. circle back to that. What I want to write, art is the actual word to me is short for artifice, mm-hmm. right? That it, it is a fabrication.
1: Uh.
0: <laughs> no, is it
1: short for artifice? Are you sure? i I I'm making Are you it, just making that <laughs> ma- I'm I'm making it
0: short for artifice just to piss you <laughs> off
1: no it's not fit it can't be like how can it be how can it be how can it be well then we can get into nfts you know what nfts are no. right? non fungible tokens this is something we can talk about another time but they're talking about other so say somebody's doing a a digital reproduction of a song. So they're humming or singing a song and doing some really cool hula hoop or skateboarding or dancing. Right. And then they take these non fungible tokens, which are cryptocurrency kind of things. And people are buying artwork at outrageous prices, right? Like a print of Michael Jordan doing a slam dunk was bought by a baseball player or a hockey player, or somebody for millions, millions, millions of, of dollars. And <clears throat> But then it, copyright comes in, right? That's not mine. That's you know, that's not yours. You don't own that. And this is that's my song, and you're humming my song, and so it's opened up these whole <clears throat> things. But we can talk about that later. I I uh, I don't think art. There is no fake. Well, there is fake art, but there's so so. Let me
0: circle back because you, there are no you, fake artists.
1: You 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 used
0: you used a word that I always latch onto, which is that art for me is successful art for me conveys emotion conveys feeling and more importantly makes me feel something uh, even if it's something I don't want to feel <clears throat> I, I'm still having an emotional a visceral reaction whatever I'm 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 reacting um, in an intellectual way in an emotional way or a combination of of both and so that's where I where I draw the line between sincere art and insincere.
1: Well, see now you've made me look at it from a totally different way. I've only looked at from the, from the artist standpoint. I've never looked at, I've never looked at. So you don't give
0: a shit about the viewer. I don't care
1: what the person, (laughs) I don't care what you think. (laughs) So I never really took the time to look at it from the viewer's standpoint. Like, like so, maybe maybe I'm incorrect. I want I I can't use the word wrong. I hate that word. I can't pretty pronounce. Yeah, okay, Fonzie. I'm I'm, uh, I'm incorrect in the sense that that. Uh, okay, maybe artificial intelligence, if it creates a work of art, and it it is emotionally charged for somebody, then it's artwork. Yeah, I. Uh. So, what if it evoked an emotion in you? what if that work of art you know really got you stirred up would it be a work of art? I
0: would say I, I would say yes in that it it accomplished a key for me a key result of whether it's art or journalism in that it provoked a response a I didn't know that or it provoked a feeling of it, it's good news, bad news. That that is a beautiful juxtaposition of colors and Im, Im, imagery. It's whimsical. It makes me think of my childhood. It makes me think of my dearly departed grandmother. What whatever is that? It, it takes me on a journey. It takes me to a place, and, a hundred... and 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 that place is purely subjective. It's my place. It's your place. But mm-hmm. but the artist. Has identified something that is universal, mm-hmm. that everyone goes to a place.
1: Yeah. Um, if a hundred monkeys, <laughs> 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 what is that? We're locked in a room with typewriters. Yeah. Do you think they could write something? So, so there's that same thing as artificial intelligence.
0: Yeah, could one of the could one of them write Shakespeare? I, I mean, the 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 math, mathematical odds are make it virtually impossible. Um, and in many ways, I, I would I, I would argue we're going down. Well, we always end up going down rabbit holes, don't we? It, it's it's a, it's a it's a moot point in many ways because does the art stand independent of its creator? And I would say yes. Right. It, it it doesn't matter. Um it doesn't matter whether Shakespeare wrote Hamlet or whether Christopher Marlowe did. Who cares? Who cares? It's still a
1: masterpiece.
0: It's a masterpiece. It's it's a beautiful work.
1: Now when it comes to the money part, well that's the, totally the money always it, complicates things. the money things. always complicates things. I I to me I'm you know the art world is just full of I, it, oh, that's a whole other. That's another episode. How how money affects art, and and how money. Do you think money affects journalism? Well, I, I
0: definitely in t- terms of today's world, absolutely. I, I mean, when you when certainly within private sector media, when. When the business model that, uh, and when I say private sector media, uh, unfortunately, it's been given the the tag legacy media, uh, as if somehow we're we're, it's all very old. It's traditional. It's like the truth. It's all traditional. Um, but but legacy media is, is basically radio, TV, and and print, um, and and that. Unfortunately, the business model for, for all three of those mediums has been completely destroyed um, in this century by online, uh, but online is actually too vague. In, in, in this country well, and across much of the world, the business model for journalism has been completely destroyed by two companies, Google and Facebook. Um, they, they eat up. The advertising revenue that radio stations and TV stations and newspapers, that the journal journalism was paid for by those advertisers, mm-hmm. and and it was so that's what
1: that's what killed my job. That's right. <laughs> it's the truth. It's the it is the
0: truth. It is yeah. the truth. truth, and and it's uh, and and I have lost my job in this industry twice, from cutbacks. Mm-hmm. Fucking Google. Fucking Google, fucking say, Facebook.
1: No, they're gonna find us. They're gonna. No,
0: but 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 it, it's and and I watched. I don't know if you've watched the social dilemma yet. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's a. It's it's quite. Um, it, it, it's it's
0: it's not just a. It's not just wreaked havoc, of course, economically. It has reached ha- ha- wreaked havoc uh, culturally and socially, and we're still coming to terms with it.
1: And I think, and this is something that we'll maybe will maybe tackle next week, I think it's, it's had an impact mentally.
0: 100%. It's, it's, it's had an impact on, on our relationships. Um, And, and we've literally thrown our, our kids and our young people to the wolves.
1: So art and journalism, can we safely say, say, I, I, I disagreed with you at first, but now I, I sort of agree with you. Are the are different sides of the same coin
0: yes in that there's there's trying to give a picture of the world uh and and to to do it in an artful way
1: this episode of everything everything was recorded at the arts north digital studio in prince george british columbia If you want to check out our playlists, I've got a description, and there's a link in that description. Mine and Neil's. Check them out. Good tunes. Also, if you want to find out more about the Arts North Digital Studio and the podcast studio, the graphics design area, and much more, just check out the link also in the description for Studio2880.com. I'm Michael Cast for Everything Everything.